here we go. Welcome to the Yannick Wisdala podcast. We are on the road to recovery. Um, if you didn't hear last week's episode, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, bronchitis has been a thing for the past, um, actually, it feels like feels like months. I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but god damn, it really it kind of sucks. And uh, slowly getting there. Um, slowly slowly and like back to playing again a little bit and practicing and working and put out a new video on the main channel which was satisfying and uh talked about money something that's not that easy to talk about and kind of broke down a lot of a lot of the elements of my of my career and and how i make money and, and like all of my revenue streams so if you're interested in any of that if you're a musician professional amateur if you're just curious that's over on the main channel. I'll link it below uh, in in the in the description of this video. If you're watching on YouTube, you can go check that out. Leave me some questions as well. If you have, if there are things in there that you think I didn't fully cover, or things that maybe I covered but you want to know more about, definitely leave me some questions. Um, not only does that help get your queries answered but uh that really helps the algorithm as well like leaving questions and they're just there being activity on the video really helps spread the message and uh kind of get youtube to spread it around and promote it to other places and as i talk about in that video youtube has become a huge part of my of my business actually of my life as a musician and an author and well i can't believe oh, i do have it kind of close course i'm going to plug the crap out of the new book the giant steps book um all of that helps like the reach what if i put that look at that product placement if you're not watching and you're only listening you have no idea what's going on go over to youtube check out the episode check out the video i'm doing my own product placement here um i actually had a, a sponsor in the last video um someone i mentioned in the last episode of the podcast that i was kind of um I was really sort of bummed out that I'd been so sick I hadn't been able to get to uh, get get to do this sponsorship thing. It's this, this company called Sonoworks, their sound ID reference thing. This podcast is not sponsored by them at all, but something I perhaps should have mentioned in the ad I made for them and something that has nothing to do with sound was actually that their merch is kind of banging. <coughs> Quite often companies will send you a T-shirt or a sweater or something and it will just sort of sit there or you use it as a rag. To, to clean your car or something but this one was kind of banging the sweater from sonar work so if you're ever thinking about getting some merch i'm all about i'm kind of curious about doing merch for myself i've had a few sort of uh, failed launch uh, merch launches in the past and it always ends up being a little bit more uh bother than it is worth and a lot of work goes into it and not so much comes back and maybe my thing just isn't merch centric or I just haven't found the right thing. But I'm always curious about other companies' merch, how much time and effort they put into it. And then, of course, the quality. You know, I've done some stuff with uh, what were they called? Teespring. I think they're just called Spring now. And the quality was kind of low. But this sweater was uh, was was really high quality. It's actually nice to wear. I don't know why I'm not wearing it now, but um, that would have been ideal for this story. But um. Yeah, there was, there's a, a YouTube channel called Colin and Samir um, who ranked a whole bunch of YouTubers merch. I found that quite fascinating. They did like four or five episodes of it. And it was interesting to see their take on what failed and what worked. Um, 
So uh, I'm always kind of on the lookout for that. That's something that it just isn't a part of my setup right now. So I didn't include it in the the money video from uh, from yesterday on the main channel. But hopefully it's something that I get to do in the future. I've toyed with, you know, a signature product, perhaps with a company, or I'd really like to have my own pedal. I'm kind of one of the, not I'm not the pedal guy, but I, I guess I've become one of uh, those bass players known for using pedals a lot and uh i love you know i love tim lefave's um octaver and uh always thought that was a cool cool thing to have although i don't think he did that in like financially or monetarily in combination with three leaf audio um he didn't have anything to do with the actual production of it i'd quite like to be in on the ground floor and work with a pedal builder and have something that has great utility for all bass players, no matter what they do. And I'm sort of in that rebuilding the pedal board mode um, as I head towards some summer touring with Steve Smith and Vital Information. And also actually in a couple of days, if you're watching this right when it comes out, um, I'll be at the Baked Potato Thursday night. Is that the 4th? I believe that's the 4th of May 2023 with, uh, with Reynolds, with Bob Reynolds. I'm actually going to be filming it's going to be kind of a special night. So I'm like really kind of dialing in the pedal board. So uh, everything is where I, where I, you know, everything I need is where it should be and fully functioning and not like, oh shit, yeah, I just got off the road and this pedal board got destroyed on a flight. I don't want any of that shit. So kind of in pedal board rebuilding mode, I'm looking at lots of different uh, ideas for my own setup and coming and, and, and also finding holes in what is available out there. There are some things that are quite specific to to sounds that I want to create um, that actually just don't exist. So I know it's probably a long way off and I have to find the right builder and the right situation. But at some point, it'd be very nice to have a product out there in the pedal world. And um, yeah, something to be proud of, something that I, you know, put my hand on my heart and say, hey, this does exactly what it should. And, you know, it's really functional for bass players. So there's something that's kind of percolating away the back of my brain. Uh, but more importantly, I'm writing for the new album. figuring out harmonic structures now who knows <coughs> what didn't know it was going to get this bad again i've kind of been on the mend i thought i could get through a podcast with minimal hacking um yeah i'm not sure what form these harmonic structures are going to take there could be this could be choir right here just voicing in the middle like ooh, something like that um, or it could be in time mm-hmm. 
combination of the two. I'm, I'm always a fan of uh, you know developing material, maybe having something very rubato and wide and much slower harmonic rhythm that then turns into something uh, you know something way brighter and something more moving with the band. Um, actually put some of that in the looper and see how that feels. Uh, I'm not sitting in the right position. This often happens when I'm on the couch. It is not the ideal. The podcast couch is not the ideal practice location, unfortunately. Um, and... quite a bit as well I'm a big fan of moving from from minor to major so so one minor four minor kind of a five going to sus going to one but one major instead of minor and then five to one but minor there another five going to one minor kind of moving key centers there it's not one in the sense of c minor where we started so it's five to one g minor and then five to one up a whole step in a minor and then walking b flat c d flat lydian uh where's that should also be a little clearer 
I didn't comp for myself. <laughs> In the clearest sense, like the balance. It's always a, a, a tough one. Um, uh, looping and then making sure you hear what you looped while you're playing over the top of it. And I'm kind of half on headphones here because I'm recording the podcast. I want to make sure my voice doesn't distort or anything isn't distorting in the recorder. And then I'm half in the room. Um, so maybe a one-on, one-off situation will help. Uh, not not something that's highly recommended. That's not great for the balance in your ears. I know there are a bunch of technical reasons why that isn't good i know in ears one in one out is not optimal at all i used to do that and suffered all kinds of weird shit going on in my ears after a tour when i would do that so i know that's not ideal um hopefully at this low level and controlled environment it's not such an issue um but let me see if i can comp for myself a little more successfully um to explore ideas here uh <laughs> way better is my phone going off here like crazy yes it is but not anything i need to reply to <coughs> so i don't know if you heard the difference there like it, 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 in terms of the success of being able to play over that and hear the harmony clearer and explore ideas um just by laying down a little more clearer kind of comping on that that section where it was changing keys rather than being kind of all kind of upbeats and offbeats and and kind of a little more melodic in the comping there the the, the melodic element of the comping was maybe getting in the way a little bit of the um of what i was trying to do melodically over the top so we're all over the kind of all over the place here but this is it, sort of exactly what happens when I'm practicing and what comes up and the kinds of things I think about and am aware of and try and, you know, try and fix. I have had a comfort issue like right in the beginning there where I wasn't sitting in the right place so my fingers weren't landing the right way, um, technically speaking. So I shift my, my body position a little bit. Then the loop didn't quite work out. So, okay, redo the loop. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm feeling really comfortable in, in, in terms of being able to hear everything I need to hear. And that, you know, I think the music then speaks for itself in terms of what I'm able to come up with when when the situation is 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 kind of optimized as much as possible. Thank you. 
Let's see. I'm kind of, as I'm playing, I'm like picturing the orchestration, like what goes on around this. I'm not going to do this on the album. That would be uh, that'd get pretty old pretty quick. Um, and okay, the beanie wasn't for show. Oh, anyone here in Southern California knows that it did actually get randomly cold today. But now, under the lights. Actually, speaking of lights, I didn't even pull this one in. Under the lights, it's uh, <coughs> warmed up sufficiently enough for me not to be beanieing it um so yeah so i'm really as i'm playing there and getting more comfortable with the harmony i'm thinking about what like what is going to sound good around this how do i orchestrate this you know what comes in what comes out where's the where's the tension and release do i really want to be the one playing melodically over this or is this going to be more of a piano thing that gets the solo through these changes Where's the melody? Like, what? Where is that going to come from? Is that a voice leading thing that is going to turn into something slightly more detailed, or is it going to stay as simple as just sort of roots and tenths? That's kind of a chordal voice leading approach to it. <coughs> but already there are some elements in there that are quite pretty, like some, some things that will stand up on their own as, as melodic statements just by using the tenth of the harmony, whether that be minor or major. How am I going to um, introduce inner moving parts to create more tension? And then where am I going to release that? There are so many elements to it um, that I've yet to, uh, yet to discover. But these are the kinds of things that I end up being conscious of when I practice. Kind of the only things, kind of the only time I'm ever conscious of something, unless there's a mistake or something really sticks out or I really have to focus hard on a piece of music that I'm learning. Um, like an example of that, for instance, right now is a is a Bob Reynolds melody, uh, one of the new songs called "Found." Da 
And off we go into the next section. So there's like that, that for instance, I'm really, that is in my orbit uh, pretty, pretty regularly right now, every day, as we lead up to, to recording this, um, this gig on, uh, filming this gig rather on Thursday, <coughs> trying to put some updated information out there into the world with Bob's band. He's written all these new tunes. Um, we barely got to play them live in the fall of last year. It's just, you know, a few gigs in Europe and there's been no new album for a long time. So I think Bob is, uh, getting a little bit like, uh, restless in terms of, Hey, we need something updated. Cause the last thing we actually recorded and filmed and put out there was early 2020. It was over three years ago now that we did runway and it's been that long since a new album. So yeah, that's an example of something that I've really, you know, I don't have any music here. That that melody, obviously, uh, you know, is in my head. I just am very. I'm, I mean, I think I'm in the stage now where the melody is there, and I don't have to think about it so much. It's really about um, I'm feeling the time more than anything. So two, three, four. Ah, and I'm already fucking up. One, two, three. You hear how much of that melody is on the upbeat? <coughs> so you really have to uh, be be feeling the time, I think, nice and relaxed and not pushing it as a very, I'm sure if I listen back to that right now, the time wasn't perfect and I'm maybe pushing a little bit, um, but that's what I'm working on. Those are exactly the kinds of things I'm conscious of when trying to put new music together like this for, for someone else's project and making sure I'm in the pocket as much as possible. And that helps Bob as well. Like when I'm relaxed, he's re when everyone's relaxed, um, the, the music just is served better. The music will come out better. And, um, the more, the more chance we give ourselves for success in that department, the better. So there's always something I'm thinking about in my practice routine uh, when it comes to the specifics of learning other people's music. And although that melody sounds quite uh, diatonic, which it is, and not particularly complicated in terms of, you know, the notes fit under the fingers well, the, the complexity and the intricacies come when you really get into the inside of the time. And... We know where we operate as a band and Bob and I have been playing together and playing melodies together for long enough that we know like pretty much exactly where we want it. Um, so having the confidence to know we're going to do that every time we perform it is really key, especially when there's you know cameras rolling and stuff and there's a little more, the stakes are a little higher. It's not just, oh, well, we missed it that time. We'll get it on the next gig. It's like, well, actually it's going to be committed to, to video. And if the video is going to be usable, then that should be a great performance. So, yeah, that's that element of it. And <coughs> wow, okay, still going hard here. I think it's time for another fisherman's friend. Mitigate the hacking a little bit. And I'm not sure how I got to the conscious thing when I'm practicing. 
Um, oh yeah, about about the orchestration of how how I'm gonna how I'm gonna augment this and where is that where the the tight voicing comes in? Or maybe uh, maybe it's not a one. Maybe it's a one with the minus six in it. And maybe the A is way more, way more, uh, way more open. I'm not sure about that one yet. Maybe that's just. And then. get really really lost in it and that's that but that's the process that is the process and if i'm afforded the time where i'm uh you know i'm 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 well enough i'm not not that well but i'm well enough to practice and the kiddos at daycare and and chelsea's working i kind of have the house to myself and crank the amp and and let it rip that's i'm gonna take that every that opportunity every single time and play things as as much as i possibly can getting ready for the recording um kind of i was in the car driving back from daycare this morning thinking about um i don't know what i was listening to uh a Miles thing or a Tony Williams thing. And uh, there was, it was on one of the streaming platforms and it was an album. I'll, 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 I'll find, I forget what it was actually. I was listening to so much stuff, but it, and I turned it off when I started to think about this because I wanted a clear head, <coughs> but it was an album I knew really well. And I had had the CD, like, but the Japanese CD or maybe even the vinyl when I was a kid. And I was missing this one bonus track. And, you know, Japan always used to do, you know, an album would come out in like Columbia in the, in the US, you know, a Miles thing or, or whoever it was, like a, a jazz record, the record would come out and the Japanese version, the Columbia Japan version would have a bonus track on it. And that wouldn't be available on the US version of the album. And you'd have to like dig through you know, crazy, uh, uh, you know, bot crate diving in record stores to find, you know, those Japanese versions of the albums with that bonus track to, to hear that music i was like oh that 
is kind of a cool idea. I don't know if that happens anymore. Um, I don't know if that was exclusive to jazz or whether that's a pop thing also or other just other genres of music, classical thing. I don't know. I just know from the jazz world that was a big thing. And I always, you know, always love to see the Japanese writing on the on the, either the vinyl or the, the, the wrap of the vinyl or the wrap of the CD in the record store and be like, oh, this one's going to have some uh, some extra stuff on it, some special source, an extra tune that um, that the other the other albums aren't it's, uh, don't are not going to have. So that's what I want to do with the new album. Um, obviously, the pre-sale is running now and people are getting involved and being here like at the beginning of the journey of the album, which is amazing. Thank you very much for that. Um, but it's that's something I want to make available only to people who are getting into the pre-sale. Um, so maybe I, I want to do and I want to research it a little bit and do an entire video on the main channel about bonus tracks and about Japan and just actually go back and really find out what was going on and if that still exists. I think that'd be quite an interesting uh, interesting sort of little video essay to make. Um, but that's something I want to be able to include on my album. So I'm actually going to go, um, not just one bonus track, but maybe two or three, I think would be really cool. Like really give some value to everyone involved in the presale and have that kind of special thing. And of course, people involved in the presale are generally people who have been fans for the music a little longer, people who are more geared to listening to albums rather than just sort of you know, passively listening to, to songs here and skipping through, oh, excuse me, skipping through Spotify or Apple Music. So I think the, the extra, uh, the extra songs would be more geared towards you, the fan who, 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 who is involved way more upfront and just involved more in general. Um, and if we can get, you know, two, maybe even three songs that really never come out, like, I think that would be cool. That would make some, I would give some sort of exclusivity and some uh, just a really nice bonus for people who are really fans of the music. So that is one of the things I'm going to I'm going to add it to the website. I'm going to add it to the product. Everyone who obviously bought the product already will be getting that. Um, and that's something I said right at the beginning when I started the presale a couple of months ago was that I was I knew I was going to come up with little, little ideas like that and be able to add value, you know, just over and over and over again to the product. And uh, this feels like a fun one because it's something so sort of personal to me and something I really, really looked forward to finding when I was younger. And especially when I went to Berkeley and Tower Records used to be there on um, on Mass Ave, like just across the bridge above the T station. And used to go in there and go diving through crates and you know it was all new stuff in there it was it was not it wasn't like looney tunes down the block on boston um but I, I remember like the imports going to the import section and getting the japanese import um version and i have they're all in boxes actually in storage i haven't had my cds out of the cases in so long um and it was actually more about the cellophane wrapper and the little cardboard insert that they would put in because they'd use the same cd normally from the american production line or the western english production line but put their own sort of packaging around it and that packaging sometimes got quite elaborate as well and they'd box things up into like put box sets and two cds together and I, it was yeah really kind of a fun thing so if i can do that for this album um i think that would be really cool uh look out for that on the website um doesn't matter when you're involved in the pre-sale you will have access to that i just have to like you know actually get it into the product description let everyone know it's happening um and maybe you maybe you have 
something like that? What is something like that that you value or have valued over time from listening to music? What is something that's really special to you? Maybe there's something I'm missing here, perhaps that was also special to me and I'm forgetting about, that I could maybe incorporate with this new music. Trying to rack my brains for a new idea right now. I don't think it's going to come on the spot while I'm taping the podcast, but I I know there are other things out there and I knew something like this was going to come and I know there will be other things. So by the time, um, when is it? November, I said I was going to put the record out. We're recording in August, put the record out in November. By the time November rolls around, I think we're going to have uh, quite the package, even though I'm not doing it like I did before with all these levels and different price points and blah, blah, blah. I think we're going to have quite the quite the nice little audio and perhaps multimedia thing going on that, uh, that I think I, I, I'll be able to be very proud to present to you. Um, even though it's like in the embryonic stages still right now, and I'm still writing music and finding chord changes and melodies and all that stuff. It's um, It's kind of one of the really fun elements of it. It, it it gets it's super fun writing the stuff obviously putting the pre-sale out there and watching you're watching the, the people get involved that's always great and then the recording of it is super fun then the real hard work starts like as soon as the recording is over the real hard work starts any editing that needs to be done any overdubs or whatever needs to be added to it and then all the mixing the mastering the artwork that is the real real hard work on the back end um, so right now it's all smiles. It's all fun. And I'm sort of preparing myself and saving myself up for the, uh, saving some energy for what, what I know is to come. Ah. <coughs> Maybe it's because of the cough that this is the most I've played on a podcast in a long time. <laughs> And of course, with the Giant Steps book, I've been, I'm making a video for the main channel for that as well. Should be out sort of later this week. Um, Just kind of breaking down really like the two extremes of the book like people uh, i've got some questions about hey so i don't know about giant steps like that seems like way out of i haven't been playing that long or maybe i'm an intermediate player not advanced do i need to be like they'll be getting some of these questions i'm like no that's the whole point of the book is uh is decoding it maybe i should have said demystifying it or called it giant steps for begin i don't know uh maybe the title is wrong on this but the point is we go from really just marking the harmony and being able to walk in two through the whole form, really just concentrating on time, of course sound as well, and just being able to do that over again, over and over and over and over again. I probably shouldn't be talking so much. And really, everything I've played so far is like zero fanciness. You know, there's no, there's hardly any skipping in there. I'm really just playing two notes in a bar. Often there are two chords in a bar in Giant Steps, um, which makes it a little dense, makes the harmonic rhythm move uh, a little quicker than perhaps you're used to. But that's how the book starts out, just about being able to walk, being able to fulfill our role as a bass player and get through giant steps with no frills that was a little frill there (laughs) 
and then we slowly expand to tritone substitutions. And if you don't know what a tritone substitution is, it's when you take a two and a five and a one. And instead of playing the five, here, the B flat, we're in E flat here, so F minor seven, you play a tritone away from the five, and a tritone sharp four or flat five. So in this case, instead of playing F root, B flat root, to E flat root for your two five one, you play F and you play E. Uh, that's a really terrible example of that, though. So, in fact, let's really simplify it in terms of just the basic voicing, so you can really hear it. So it's two five one, right? And instead of playing two five one, you play two, and then the tritone, which is E in this case. You go a sharp four or flat five away from your five. That's a tritone substitution. So that's, a, a again, a lot of words to describe something that's very simple. In terms of hearing that, um, you basically just walk down chromatically to your root from your two. So if you're two, five, one in E flat, F, B flat, E flat, you go F, E, E flat. That's it. That's a, that's a tritone substitution. And when you can do that in all three of the key centers that the uh, giant steps has you suddenly have a little bit of variation for your walking line now of course <coughs> um if you do it every single time it's going to get a little bit old in terms of an exercise it's great to do it every single time repetition 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 so you can you know so you have a feel for that in every every key center that every key center that, that giant steps contains but then there are so many other things as well. Walking in two, tritone substitutions, walking in four, of course, targeting something other than the root on the downbeat of the bar. That's, you know, a, a great way. Instead of playing, instead of playing here, so, instead of playing to the, to, in fact, let's just do it with a two, five, one, right? Instead of playing two, five, let's go back to our E flat. Instead of playing two, five, one, you could target um, five. Uh, um, so the same harmonic function, you're still going to one, but you're ending up on the, the third of the chord instead of the root. And that can be, if you listen here, I'll play, I'll play through giant steps. Uh, whoops, sorry. Get in the right position here. that kind of first half of the tune here so a few times there in the second half of the tune instead of ending up on the root I ended up on the third so every time I came to a 2-5 I went down from the 5 5 four, three. so 2-5-4-3 it's still it's still the the, the 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 destination is still the same. We're still in the context in, in this in this case here G. So two five one but I just went to two five first inversion instead of root. So again, another very simple tool, um, something you're gonna hear and here here we get to the most important part of all of that. 
something this is something you will hear great bass players do and there is no way around it you have to listen to the great bass players do this in my opinion this is this, this is an oral this is a music of oral tradition this is something that you listen to to learn like you shouldn't you know uh theory and book studying shouldn't be your only focus when it comes to this and in in the book like the before we get to any notes in the book on page eight here right after the table of contents is recommended listening like the first thing i'm telling you to do in the book is go listen to all these different versions of giant steps of course the book <coughs> gives you a little uh your first step, your first step over the threshold, the door opens slightly and you're in the room and like, oh, this is giant steps. Okay. And there are a few things that are explained in the form of the song and the concept of walking in too. But use the book in combination. And this is, sorry, this is not f just for this book or my material. It's, it's This is any teaching material you ever come across. Like Use it, always use it in combination with listening to the thing you're trying to achieve. Um I've talked recently in the last few episodes about saying I will repeat the most useful information. I'm always going to repeat this. I'm always going to say, listen far more than you read, you know, listen far more than you like study. If you want for, for one of a better word, like get, get your head out of the book as quickly as possible and get some headphones on or press play on a recording that's where you're going to learn the most. You know, maybe a book like this helps explain uh, some of the function of the of the changes. Um, I, I hope it also explains the path and the process towards transcription a, a little bit more clearly. <coughs> and I hope it gives you some things to populate your practice routine with and kind of highlights how I use this information to build to build exercises and to build things i can you know i can build um so many ideas to repeat and to ingrain the sound of giant steps into my playing i'm never going to go play a solo or perform this with a band and just play those exercises over and over again these are etudes they are exercises for a purpose that purpose is repetition that purpose is really just grinding the sound of the changes under your fingers and and into your brain and that's um uh, that's one of my favorite uh, exercises and etudes in the whole book <coughs> I'm using that, um, you know, one of those like really something you've heard me play probably a ton of times. If you listen to my playing or listen to any of my practice routines, I'm that's all that is. That's that two five shape again. But can you can you move that around a tune like Giant Steps? That's where I think we extract, where we can extract the most, <coughs> the most useful um, exercises and the most useful tests of our, you know, true technique. Not speed, 
not chops, but the true technique of being able to move through harmony. Like, can we do that? It's all very well taking taking this one shape and being able to move it in half steps or whole steps or minor thirds. But can you do it over giant steps? Uh, I wanted to there's another there's another one in there and I there's another uh, another part of an etude using um, um, again taking a single shape and moving it through <coughs> moving it through all the key centers of giant steps tons of those etudes in there and linear ideas before you get into kind of the definitely the more advanced portion of the book um, there's a Nat Reeves walking bass transcription which I really dig um, I've always been a fan of Nat Reeves the bass player was with Kenny Garrett for many many years that's where I heard him the most that's where I transcribed uh, his walking from for the book um, from a live bootleg then there's a Matheny thing and a Chris Potter thing like full solos really sort of epic um, and two very different ways of playing it Pat playing more like I'm um, kind of playing it more in that tempo and then Potter playing it like pretty up tempo swing medium up swing so some good variation there and definitely challenging to play so there is again that arc in the book of like you get in at the ground floor literally walking into and then you end up you know really kind of flying with Chris Potter and Pat Metheny um, with those transcriptions at the end so um yeah, that's kind of another thing that's been, it's been so much in my playing that I, I, for a split second, I was like, oh, maybe I should record that on the new album. I, of course, like wiped that idea from my brain immediately, but that's how much I've been inside Giant Steps the past weeks. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's starting, starting to affect me, I think. <coughs> and not that that's a bad thing. It's been great for my practicing. It's been great for my technique and my ability to move move key centers and i think it helps um like the thing i, I was playing right at the beginning of the podcast it doesn't sound anything like giant steps i know like it's it's minor tonality for instance and it's in three and but it's not Let's say it's just it's not unrelated, um, at least in my little orbit right now. You might never say, oh, wow, that tune really uh, sounds like Giant Steps or that tune was really influenced by Giant Steps. Probably not. Um, but just the, the, just the method um, and sort of the intent with my practice recently has kind of led me to even just moving key centers even just even not staying diatonic to to a key and or uh, not making kind of obvious modulations uh, making some slightly more angular modulations that tiny influence um, can actually have quite a big impact long term 
um, or rather that huge influence of giant steps can have a tiny impact long term on my writing and on my playing. So it's all, all worth thinking about when you sit down, if you sit down and are working on composition, you re- never really know, uh, you can never really d- uh, count out where the inspiration is going to come from and where you're going to draw ideas from. Um, and I think it's really important to stay open-minded, uh, you know, as much as possible so that you don't shut anything out, so you don't shut any ideas out. I don't think I'm ever going to use... <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to use that particular progression in a tune of my own, for instance. I think that's a little too obvious. Um, but maybe there are elements of the key centers moving in major thirds, for instance, that I use um, in a slightly different way. Or maybe I'm going to use it more kind of... Um Actually, that's that's kind of spooky. Uh, maybe I don't want them all minor major. Um, maybe just the last one. Uh, It's not easy to... But you see how that, that actually doesn't sound anything like Giant Steps anymore. But it has the same root motion as the first three chords. So there, there are little details like that that could potentially cross over. I don't think I would ever, you know, sit there and think, oh, how can I take exact elements of giant steps and then, you know, turn them on, on their head, you know, unless I was doing a, like a specific arrangement of the song. <coughs> Woo! I think we might be nearing the inevitable end and demise of my lungs here for another week. Um, it's so frustrating. I put the podcast off another day once more, just trying to wait and see if I could get some more life out of my voice. Um, it really is frustrating, and I'm trying to do everything I can to get better. Medication and tons of rest. Like, I've been going to bed early. I've taken naps. Like, I, I mean, this is really, like, ridiculous for me. I do, I do not do that. I work. I get up in the morning, I take the kid out of daycare, and then I work um, until I fall asleep at one in the morning and then do it all again. So this has been a huge change for me. No gym, no walking. Normally I'm doing 15,000 steps a day. I'm out of the house. I'm taking hikes. I'm working out in the gym, all kinds of stuff, and really just uh, put all of that on hold in the hopes of trying to get better quicker. Um, and they say the cough could linger for three to four weeks, which is a real drag. Um, so let's see. Um, I think I'm going to call it for today and, uh, appreciate you making it this far. If you did, don't forget the giant steps book, 
that has been sitting here the whole time on the couch, <coughs> it's out. And hopefully that answered some questions if you had them about what's in there and about sort of the process and the reason for the book, the concept of the book. And I'm, we are really excited to do some research into the Japanese bonus track thing and, and, and make a, a kind of a feature length video for the main channel. Um, cause that's, you know, not only is that something I want to include for my music, but I'm sort of fascinated by it as well. And, you know, why, you know, why was that always a thing? And why did they feel the need to have something special for Japan? And is that still a thing even now? So, um, it, it's, it's interesting to think like, that for a jazz record, you could probably knock out a quick version of Autumn Lees if like, you had to, you were contractually obliged. You know, I wonder how many people did that sort of half-assed, the bonus track for Japan, or they used the second take of a tune or some tune they didn't feel like it was good enough for the main record, but it ended up being the bonus track. Like, I'm kind of interested to see how that, uh, how that used to work. I'm going to ask some people who are definitely from that era do some research and uh let's see that'll be a fun video to make um until then <coughs> oh, more coughing and uh go leave questions on the on the main channel on that last video that really helps the the algorithm and of course it gives me a chance to answer some of your questions directly and give some give some feedback where it is requested all right that's it see you guys on the next one 